This is the Post-Purchase Podcast, episode 71. Sean, thanks for reminding me. Um, Sean, we are talking with somebody today that is after my own heart. This is um, a very unique podcast uh, interview guest that we have today because what we're going to be talking about is something that can make you a ton of money, but almost every Amazon seller that I know is completely ignoring this. What do you say, Sean? Um, you know, the guest today, Seth, is an absolute unicorn in the space. He's the only solution available. So uh, strap in and, and be prepared for a ride because our friend Rail sitting in the back room. There he is, Rail. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Rail Klein of Nozzle. Um, Seth, go ahead and introduce him. This guy's going to blow your mind. So be prepared. <laughs> yeah, welcome, Rail. Rail is the founder of Nozzle.ai, which is, Sean, as you know, the only solution in the space that actually will calculate the LTV or the lifetime value of your Amazon customer. And we're going to talk about why that's so important and why that's going to make you a lot more money today. This is something that Sean and I literally work on every single day is increasing lifetime value of customers because that's our business. Post-Purchase Pro is designed to increase LTV and nozzle um, what Rail has created here actually tracks that and can show you where you're making money and where you're not. And it's really, really uh, great to have you today, Rail. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm super excited to to chat about it all. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the show, Rail. We've been looking forward to it for a long time. Seth has a slew of questions prepared for you. We're going to try to keep this less than 20 minutes, but as you know, my friend, we're going to bring you back for a long form <laughs> webinar for our entire yeah, you, audience. You're going to have to you're going to have to cut me off as well. I can talk about this for ages. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can relate. So, Seth? Yeah, Rail. So, let's let's start at the beginning here. Um what was the uh like the the big problem that you saw and you said, "Okay, I need to do something about this." Why did you create Nozzle? What is it? What um, you know, what impact are you having out there? Yeah, I mean, why why did we create Nozzle? I mean, fundamentally, um if you think about running um, selling products online, physical products online via and some sort of e-commerce store, the starting point for me has always been about your customers, right? Like, who are they? What are they doing? How do, you know, wh- what behavior are they exhibiting? What are they buying? How often they're buying? And this is one area on Amazon where it's a complete black box. You have no idea. Um, if you're used to selling on, you know, other channels like D2C, any sort of D2C, um, this is kind of a well-understood and to an extent well-solved problem. You have visibility into these things. Um, and, and you know, without understanding your customers, it's very difficult to, to build a brand ultimately. They are by far your most important asset that you have in a business, right? Like, that kind of obviously will, will make or break it. And so we set out to change that. We set out, um, you know, to, to sort of shine a light on who your customers are, what their buying behaviors are uh, on Amazon specifically, so that you can build a brand and ultimately build a bigger and more profitable business. Nice. So, uh, Rail, as you know, Seth and I are huge advocates of creating this asset, if you will, of our customers, because yeah. it's really not about the product we sell. It's about the the person that we serve yeah. on the other end of that product. Totally. So I know that when we when we came across your particular solution, Seth was stoked about that. He said, Sean, do you realize that this is literally the only solution available for <laughs> Amazon sellers that can calculate lifetime value, which, you know, unfortunately, Rail, a lot of of Amazon sellers are first-time entrepreneurs and are not really thinking about relationship yeah. building and yeah. lifetime value. So the fact that your software can track this is an absolute game changer. I know I don't have to tell you that, but <laughs> um, Seth, I know that this is one thing that you definitely wanted to point out. Yeah. If you think about this, Rail, if I go spend money on, on PPC sponsored ads on Amazon to acquire a new customer, create a transaction, 
how can I know what the real ROI is on that? My ad costs are through the roof, right? Yeah. And yeah. I don't really know if I'm liquidating the ad cost because I can't tell you what the lifetime value of a customer <laughs> is. And I know this is something that's like Seth says is very near and dear to him. Seth, what does this mean for you? Right. So rail, I think you and I have, um, have spoke about this several times, but yeah. it's like, if you spent $10 to acquire a customer on Amazon using sponsored ads, and then you thought that that was the only money that you were ever going to make, well, you would make a much different decision than if you knew <laughs> oh, that yes. if you spent that same $10 to acquire a customer, if they bought from you 27 different times, like you, you don't know that. Um, and so that's what, that's what gets me so um, amped up about what you're doing, Rail. So um, let's back up a little bit because, like Sean said, most Amazon entrepreneurs are first-time business owners. And they haven't been exposed to a lot of these concepts that are outside of the norm for Amazon sellers. So tell mm -hmm. us what LTV is. Tell us why it's important and, um, and how that impacts running an Amazon business. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, the, in, in sort of plain English terms, for me, it's really important. If you, if you sell a product that you think... Uh, lends itself to repeat orders, and I, it does not. And I just really want to stress this: it does not have to be the same product. It could be, you know, hand cream going to face cream, just anything else from your brand. So when we when we talk about a repeat customer, it does not have to be the exact same product over and over. Um, although that's also fine. Um, but when we think about um, in, in plain English terms, the fundamental business equation is. On the one end, how profitable is a customer or an average customer? And how much do I have to pay to acquire an average customer? Right? Like that is the fundamental business equation here. <laughs> and um, you know, if if it costs me more to acquire someone than they're actually worth to me in true profit terms, I'm not gonna last very long, right? I'm gonna go out of business pretty soon. But on the other hand, if an average customer is worth three times or twice as much as I'm paying to acquire a customer, well, that's a rocket ship, right? And that's a completely <laughs> different business story. And so that just getting understanding um, and approaching your, your Amazon business with that sort of mindset is really the key thing. And we can go into, you know, the calculations and all those sorts of things, but like that's just the sort of plain English version. Um, and when people shift to that sort of mindset, um, it could be completely, completely game changing, right? And and this idea of, I mean, Amazon's, you know, partially to blame for incentivizing uh, people to just focus on that first purchase. Number one, the data is really hard to like make sense of what happens after that first purchase. Number two, they've popularized ACOS, which is specifically focused on that first purchase as well. So, you know, it's, it's certainly not the sort of seller's fault or problem that that it's sort of been created like this um but really there's there's you know an opportunity here to really break free from this this mindset which is in my in our view clearly you know holding a lot of businesses back oh thank you for the clarification so rail seth and i both come from a uh, long line of studying the old school if you will the marketers with the most gray hair those direct response gurus like dan kennedy and and uh, gary halbert and the like and so we've always been huge proponents of creating that relationship and being able to spend the maximum amount upfront to acquire a new customer. In fact, a lot of the old school guys who literally wrote the books, not just read them, right? Yeah. They yeah. say, he who can spend the most to acquire a new customer can win the game. But there's no way to know how much is possible to spend yeah. on the front end for a new customer unless yeah. you know the true value of the back end. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, would, I think Sean, there's one, one important point to add to that as well, I think. It's one thing, you know, it's one thing being able to spend, um, I don't know, two or three times more your, than your competitors. You can spend $100, whatever it is, to acquire someone. The, the, the next big problem is, 
you know, I can't wait 12 months to break even. I can't wait two years to break even, right? And so it's all very well you telling me, hey, did you know you can spend 200 bucks to acquire a customer because eventually in five years, you're going to break even. That's not helpful either, right? Like very, very few sellers can afford to wait a long time to break even. And so, you know, I think sort of a more nuanced approach to this would be, um, how much can I spend if I want to break even in three months or on the second order or on the third order, which is six months? Like having a time-bound component to this is really, really important because, as I said, it's just useless to say to somebody, you know, you can spend a huge amount if you if you wait three years. Yep. If you're, if you're patient, I guess anything's uh, <laughs> is, uh, compo- what's it called? Compostable or compostable? What is it when you bury something in the ground and it disappears? Yeah, there like, you go. Uh, Compostable, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything's biodegradable if you have a few million years. So eventually your customers and their yeah. uh, their offspring will support your business if you're patient <laughs> enough for 100 years, right? So yeah. um, speaking of that, uh, Rail, if you could give us a, a case study uh, when you first started Nozzle.ai, a case study that really blew your mind how powerful your uh, your program really is. Yeah, absolutely. So this this case study um, was, was with a pet brand called Buddy and Lola. Um, we actually won an Amazon Innovation Award for this um, last year, which was really, really nice validation of of what we're doing um, and, and our approach here. But you know, the, the it really comes boils this back to kind of the the same fundamental goals around: I want to grow sales or I want to grow profitability um, in some combination, right? And for as you know, as I alluded to, like in the beginning, um, it's probably some ASINs, like your hero ASINs. You don't want to kind of tinker too much with them. So you just want to focus on the profitability element. And maybe you've got sort of mid-tier ASINs that, okay, I really want to, um, you know, go for growth here. And so what we, we would do with them is to say, um, you know, your three-month lifetime value um, – and I'm making up the numbers. These are not these are not the actual numbers. The, your three month lifetime value was, for instance, um, you know, thirty dollars. It's done on an actual profit basis. Um, that means you can spend up to thirty dollars acquiring a customer, right? If you're willing to break even in three months, and so that completely liberates you. That translates to like an ACOS of a hundred percent, right? Which is unheard of. Try put that as a target to a lot of like marketing folks, and that you know they'd just be scratching their heads there. And so we would. It allowed us to expand the PPC strategy on on um, sponsored um, sponsored products to go after much higher um, much higher cost per click terms, right? Much higher volume terms, very relevant terms, but they're just super competitive and super expensive. But we've got the the, the comfort in knowing that our math is right. That if we just wait three months. Uh, we can comfortably afford this and outspend a lot of competitors to do that. And so they were able to grow new to brand audiences, grow market share, um, and ultimately grow profitability as well. You just have to be a little bit patient on that side. But, you know, real big changes on, on um, you know, climbing up organic rankings, the whole the whole deal there. Um, then for, for, for the other ASINs, um, that's also about sort of more new to brand acquisition. So they had a very strong, let's say, subscribe and save base. And... Um, you know, you want to be sort of getting more people into the subscribe and saves. Um, and, and so that's just figuring out how do I do new to brand acquisition on Amazon via the PPC? Um, and it's a similar strategy of looking for non-branded search terms that you think, sure. um, you know, that are very relevant and that you can rank for, but knowing that you can afford them, right? Even if they're very high CPCs. And so we, one of the key metrics there for us is always tracking what are the monthly or weekly new to brand 
numbers coming in, right? You just want to make sure that whatever you're doing on the ad side, um, that's kind of your North Star metric for, for let's say, three months, um, getting as many new customers through the door. But crucially, you want to be tracking them. Just because I've got a whole bunch of new to brand customers doesn't mean that um, – <laughs> They're good quality customers, quote unquote, right? Yeah. Doesn't doesn't mean that they're all going to be buying again and placing second orders at the same rate um, as as historical um, historical customers. And so you want to be tracking those as well. So that's, those mm-hmm. are the sort of tactics we used um, to grow the brand, um, and and really, honestly, it resulted in um, really big increases in kind of all the key metrics. So for them, the three big ones were around growing sales, um, growing. Uh, um, market share um, and profitability for certain nations, right? So it's slightly different tactics for them, but we're able to check all three of those boxes uh, purely using the LTV data and then translating that back to the PPC strategy and tactics. Brilliant. So uh, real quick, I I have on the screen for those of you who can zoom in uh, what Mr. Patel, founder of Cabinet, one of your customers says, Nozzle has allowed us to run Amazon PPC campaigns more aggressively, knowing that we can outspend competitors and gain market share whilst still being profitable that's just super super powerful. yeah it's kind of the best of both worlds right like you just wouldn't just put, you're not used to putting those those words together in the same sentence right uh, correct <laughs> yeah so rail a couple of things to um, point out as you're talking um, that come to mind is number one um, we run into this all the time where sellers believe if they don't sell a supplement or a cream then they're probably not going to get repeat orders and that's not true um, we've sold everything from bed pillows to um, hula hoops, and we would generate repeat orders. Yeah. Um, when we started looking at our data rail, we had customers that bought from us the same product 27 different times. And then you think that guy must be weird. Uh, <laughs> you know, he must own a hotel or something. And then you look <laughs> at it and another person bought 25 different pillows and 24 different pillows. And another customer bought 23 different pillows. And this is a bed pillow. It's yeah. like yeah. that you sleep on. Everybody needs one, right? Well, yeah. not really. So if, you, if you're thinking about your business and you think, well, LTV doesn't really apply to me because why would somebody ever want to buy my product more than once? Well, Number one, that's not true. And number two, um, like Rail was talking about, new to brand, meaning um, that could be like a gateway purchase. Like if you've purchased an iPhone, you might buy a Mac eventually, or you might buy AirPods, right? So it's new to brand. um, They would buy other things from you. And so you need to know that. Um, And then then the second- Yeah, I think think just to, uh, sorry to interrupt this, but I think people, um, they sort of conflate repeat orders with subscribe and save. Yeah. Right, and when, I, when people think of a repeat order, it kind of needs to be for the exact same ASIN over over and over again, every thirty days, every sixty days, and it's just you know whilst that's clearly the case for certain um, products and categories, absolutely. To your point, Seth, I mean the majority of stuff is is not subscribe and save and not like that, and not the same ASIN over and over again. Right, and and so what I love about what you're doing with Nozzle is you'll be able to actually see product by product. Um, you know, yeah. what's the, what's the actual profitability and, uh, of what's going on per product. I mean, yeah. you may think that just because your product is a topical consumable that people are coming back and buying, but unless you know to what degree they are, then you don't know how profitable you are and you don't know what your marketing strategy should be. And then yeah. on the other side, um, you may be thinking that you're not making any money on a product and you're going to kill the product, but you're actually making money and it's a great product to lead people to your brand. Yeah, we've, we've had so, exactly that, right? Um, we've had exactly that case where um, you know, they were thinking of basically killing the product, like the margin wasn't worth it. There was some challenges on the inventory side, whatever it is. 
but it landed up being such a great gateway product to a higher margin purchase, um, you know, from the second and third order onwards that um, they they changed their minds and it was absolutely the right decision. <laughs> so that that's amazing, right? I mean, the these are decisions that normal marketers get to make out there in the real world, but for some reason, Amazon restricts that data and they don't present it in a way that we can make those decisions. So, um, Nozzle, I know that, or I know, Rail, I know that you guys are doing something completely out of the ordinary for Amazon <laughs> sellers. So let's uh, let's dig into that a little bit more, um, sure. Rail. So um, talk to me, what's the most exciting thing that you're seeing right now inside of Nozzle um, that is producing results for the sellers that you're working with? Yeah, I mean, I think um, before it was, it's kind of, um, one of the challenges we faced was this kind of education gap or implementation gap. Like, just I, I, people can get on board with like the theory of it, uh, but how do I convince my partners or stakeholders um, that this is actually kind of a you know a worthwhile thing? It's a very big strategic decision. It doesn't pay off immediately, right? You got to wait a couple months for the, for the for the data to come through. So there's a bit of kind of leap of faith uh, that's needed there. Um, and so we've got we've we've um, worked quite a lot to kind of bridge that gap around uh, whether it's um, standard operating procedures, SOPs, or step-by-step -step on like how you would go about that PPC strategy I was talking about um, earlier around you know, brand acquisition or even just remarketing campaigns, like sort of bridging the gap between um, our data and then how to go execute on that. What has been super, super interesting is that the, um, the Amazon event two weeks ago, uh, when they announced some changes to the custom engagement tool, so you can email uh, people that have purchased you from you before, um, Part of that press announcement, Amazon actually mentioned lifetime value. That is the first time I've ever heard that from, at least in a public setting, from anybody that I'm at Amazon. Um, and so, you know, they're thinking about brand building. They're thinking about offering, um, you know, more visibility, sort of what, or more tools or what happens after that, that, that first purchase. They recognize the importance of this. So for me, it's kind of hitting a critical mass lately around, um, people publicly talking about this in an Amazon context, right? Like not just um, general e-com, I'm talking specifically Amazon and hearing it from Amazon um, itself is, has, has helped us um, a hell of a lot um, and, and helped our customers convince colleagues, I guess, as well, that, that you know, this is not just some weird thing happening on the side here. Like this is, this is going to go mainstream, right? Yep. So, uh, Rail, thank you for uh, clarifying that as well. We're having a lot of fun here. Got some good comments coming in. And uh, cool. as you can see, uh, you have some of these uh, uh, these folks that are bragging about you allowing to run PPC campaigns more aggressively, knowing that we can outspend competitors. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. But a lot of us out here, we're thinking that we're living in this, this vacuum in the Amazon FBA private label world. And we're like, yeah, but this doesn't apply to me. So uh, if you would, please address the issue of folks out there that are wondering, well, for my particular category, looking back at the data rail, what are the average amount of purchases, repeat purchases by an Amazon customer? If you would give yeah. some examples of categories. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of at like tier one or top end, um, obviously there's no surprises that things like supplements or pet products are going to be at, you know, be at the top there. Um, and so those, the data from the data that, that I've seen um, on average, a customer buys 1.8 times. And when I say on average, that's accounting for, all the folks that just buy once, right? So there's obviously going to be a, a chunk of, of, of people um, that just buy once. You never see them again, and that's life. Um, but so many other people are buying so so much more than, than than once, like, I don't know, three, four times on average, that the average lands up being 1.8 times. 
Um, and that's that's enormous. Like, what do you do with that number? Well, you know, whatever you um, thought your break-even ACOS is, well, just times that by 1.8, right? <laughs> and, that's, and that's your break-even ACOS. That's your new break-even ACOS because on average, somebody buys 1.8 times from you. So those categories kind of are, are, are tier one, so supplements and pets. Um, things like food and drink and beauty uh, are more kind of 1.5 range. But again, think about like the practical application about that. If I have a break-even ACOS and I'm times, you know, it's 50% more, right? That's huge already, right? Um, and there's definitely some categories where, look, when we started Nozzle, we knew um, four to five of the main categories to go after, like, the, you know, all the ones that I've, I've, I've mentioned here as well. But there have definitely been some surprises. Um, I think sort of clothing, uh, apparel, and, and to your point, bedding <laughs> has definitely surprised me as well. Um, and those are kind of, you know, 1.3, um, 1.3, 1.4 sort of range. But the, the thing the thing about that is um, often the margins in those categories are a lot higher than they are in, um, you know, some of the supplements or whatever it may be. So even though the number's less, it's 1.3 instead of 1.8, 1.9, it's a material difference to your business, right? Even if it's just 1.3, because the margins are usually um, <laughs> quite high. So, um, you know, I think those are just like good reference numbers for thinking about, um, I mean, even for that, even for that, a thirty percent increase on your break-even ACOS, like off the bat, right? Like that's 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 huge, right? In in CPCs are increasing, it's becoming more competitive. To understand that you've got, um, you know, that 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 sort of headway is 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 pretty massive. So, uh, Rail, um, since we're coming to the end of this episode, and I can't wait to pick your brain and dive a little deeper into what you're doing over there, because as you know, it's an absolute game changer. Couple yeah. of questions we like to ask. Uh, number one, what is your all-time favorite business book that you've read? Oh, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the business book side. Um, I mean, there's 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 one where I think um, thinking in systems. Now, this is probably applicable to outside of business as well, um, but it's it's an amazing book to think about. You know, any problem solving in terms of inputs and outputs, and what are the variables that that can um, that that can affect that? It's probably about 20, 30 years old. I forget who the author is, but I've got this in you know hard copy. I get I get whoever joins Nozzle to kind of read this this book what's, because what's it's, the title. Um, I think it's called Thinking in Systems. I can probably give me give me a sec. <laughs> I like it so much that it's always to hand. Right there, you go. Uh, I don't think you can see that. It's probably blurred, but I. Um, <laughs> Thinking. There you go. Thinking oh, in systems. Love it. There you go. Oh, okay. um, that is um, that for me is like you know to, for for a book that to actually change how you think um, takes takes quite a lot, and I think that's had a massive influence on how I prioritize doing things and choosing which problems to solve or how to solve them. Um, as I said, applicability, I guess, outside of business as well, but um, absolutely within business. And I um, built you know built a company off sort of the DNA of this this book. <laughs> That's amazing. So, Rail, we ask uh, another fun question here at the end of every show. So, what's something that you purchased that for you, you thought it was a splurge purchase, um, but you did not regret spending the money because you uh, you enjoy it? <laughs> uh, that is another good question. I've probably overinvested um, in, in some of the sort of AC equipment here. I mean, I've got sort of mics and green screens and all sorts of things. And I don't, I don't even have a podcast or anything like that, but when it does come, uh, when it does come to, um, you know, situations like this, I like to, um, yeah, I like to, to, to sound good and have, um, good equipment and all that. So, um, completely, complete overkill for, I guess, how often I'm using it or like, I have no podcast ambitions or anything like that. Uh, but, but I, 
I love it. Um, I, I think it's, um, yeah, uh, no regrets there either. <laughs> I love it, Rail. So um, I really, really uh, enjoyed having you on today. Like Sean mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're going to host you on a full-blown webinar yeah, um, where you're going to be able to walk through and show a screen share, um, really show what this is looking like because this is really important. I mean, yeah. um, the other day, Rail, you know, our entire business is built around increasing how valuable a customer is. Yeah. And what you're doing is showing that um, even if you're not doing anything to increase the value of that customer relationship, it's still really valuable. And so, yeah, um, to I mean, what, what I find what I find so interesting about it is, um, you know, a lot of so many of the numbers that I've been quoting, somebody just buys 1.8 times or whatever in supplements. I mean, that that's just like an organic number. That's without even trying. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, because people don't know about this. People don't know what strategies and how to do remarketing or how to do inserts or, you know, all this sort of things to get people to buy again. These, like, these are baseline numbers. These numbers can only improve, right? And so um, uh, I think, yeah, there's just tremendous opportunity with that. Well, Rail, we had a client call in the other day and they said, we wouldn't believe it if, if we couldn't see the data ourselves. Now, they're in the fitness category. They do not yeah. sell... They do right. not sell consumables. They're yeah. not in your high tier products um, yeah. like uh, supplements or pets. They sell fitness products. Yeah. These are products that most people would assume they would never buy again. And we started doing their email uh, marketing. We generated $56,000 the very first month in additional sales that will that. show up in LTV. I love um, that. And it's a non-consumable product. This is how powerful what Rail's talking about. Yeah, and that's one of the things I'm continually surprised by. Are um, you know outside of the, the the usual suspects of of consumables and whatever, um, how how you're actually able to move the LTV needle by getting people to buy related products, whatever it is from the brand. Like there's just categories that I that I see come through the nozzle sort of system that I'm just like, wow. Um, incredible sort of retention numbers or whatever it is i would never have thought so so yeah um <laughs> just do not do not disqualify yourself by default you know by Bro, thinking people don't I, buy I, from you again rail i would highly highly recommend for everyone to go and um, sign up for a free trial so you can see what this is looking like see how your brand is stacking up against um you know the categories that you're in and then you can get an idea of you know, how many repeat orders am I getting? How many orders am I getting in brand after a new to brand customer, um, you know, comes and buys my product for the first time? You can join a free 14 day trial at yeah. nozzle.ai. It's not.com, it's.ai. Um, sign up, just to take a look at what this is. And then when you start um, understanding the data, you can say, okay, well, if every customer buys from me 1.8 times, well, how could I get that to be 2.8 and 3.8? And that's what we really uh, work on every single day, Rail. I really love what you're doing. I appreciate you coming on today. Any final uh, parting words today, Rail? Uh, no, not really. Just maybe, you know, I'm sure there's sort of a ton of questions around these things. Um, email me, LinkedIn, whatever it is. Um, as I said, I can I can chat about this all day. So whatever questions you have, uh, please, please ping me. Always happy to answer. Rail, right. it's been a, been a pleasure having you on. Uh, can't wait to do it again. Uh, go out there, grab your free 14-day uh, trial right now at nozzle.ai. Tell them that uh, Sean and Seth sent you from the Post-Purchase Podcast and uh, show Rail some more love that he deserves for changing the industry. <laughs> I, see, I see everybody who signs up, so you can message me directly. No problem. <laughs> All right. Good deal. So thanks a lot for joining us on the episode. Don't go anywhere. This has been an episode of the Post-Purchase Podcast, episode 71. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, Rail. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's been great.